know is that several nationally recognized journalists appeared poised on the verge of writing or speaking about the book. They conducted pre-interviews with me by phone and dispatched producers to wine and dine my wife and me. But in the end, they declined. A major TV network convinced me to interrupt a West Coast speaking tour, fly across the country to New York, and dress up in a television blue sports coat. Then, as I waited at the door for the network's limo, an employee called to cancel. Whenever media apologists offered explanations for such actions, they took the form of questions. Can you prove the existence of other EHMs? Has anyone else written about these things? Have others in high places made similar disclosures? The answer to these questions is, of course, yes. Every major incident described in the book has been discussed in detail by other authors, usually lots of other authors. The CIA's coup against Iran's Mossadegh, the atrocities committed by his replacement, Big Oil's puppet, the Shah, the Saudi Arabian money laundering affair, allegations of collusion between oil companies and missionary groups in the Amazon, the international activities of Bechtel, Halliburton, and other pillars of American capitalism, the unilateral and unprovoked U.S. invasion of Panama and capture of Manuel Noriega, the coup against Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez, these and the other events in the book are a matter of public record. Several pundits criticized what some referred to as my radical accusation, that economic forecasts are manipulated and distorted in order to achieve political objectives, as opposed to economic objectivity, and that foreign aid is a tool for big business, rather than an altruistic means to alleviate poverty. However, both of these transgressions against the true purposes of sound economics and altruism have been well documented by a multitude of people, including a former World Bank chief economist and winner of the Nobel Prize in Economics, Joseph Stiglitz. In his book Globalization and Its Discontents, Stiglitz writes, To make its, the IMF's, programs seem to work, to make the numbers add up, economic forecasts have to be adjusted. Many users of these numbers do not realize that they are not like ordinary forecasts. In these instances, GDP forecasts are not based on a sophisticated statistical model, or even on the best estimates of those who know the economy well, but are merely the numbers that have been negotiated as part of an IMF program. Globalization, as it has been advocated, often seems to replace the old dictatorships of national elites with new dictatorships of international finance. For millions of people, globalization has not worked. They have seen their jobs destroyed and their lives become more insecure. I found it interesting that during my first book tour, for the hardcover edition in late 2004 and early 2005, I sometimes heard questions from my audiences that reflected the mainstream press. However, they were significantly diminished during the paperback edition tour in early 2006. The level of sophistication among readers had risen over the course of that year. A growing suspicion that the mainstream press was collaborating with the corporatocracy, which of course owned much of it, or at least supported it through advertising, had become manifest. While I would love to credit confessions for this transformation in public attitude, my book has to share that honor with a number of others, such as Stiglitz's Globalization and Its Discontents, David Corton's When Corporations Rule the World, Noam Chomsky's Hegemony or Survival, Chalmers Johnson's Sorrows of Empire, Jeff Foe's Global Class War, and Antonio Juhasz's Bush Agenda, 
as well as films such as The Constant Gardener, Syriana, Hotel Rwanda, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. The American public recently has been treated to a feast of exposés. Mine is definitely not a voice in the wilderness. Despite the overwhelming evidence that the corporatocracy has created the world's first truly global empire, inflicted increased misery and poverty on millions of people around the planet, managed to sabotage the principles of self-determination, justice, and freedom that formed the foundations upon which the United States stands, and turned a country that was lauded at the end of World War II as democracy's savior into one that is feared, resented, and hated, the mainstream press ignores the obvious. In pleasing the money men and the executives upstairs, many journalists have turned their backs on the truth. When approached by my publicists, they continue to ask, where are the trenches? Can you produce the trowels that dug them? Have any objective researchers...